Good evening. It's good to see everybody this evening. It's uh, gorgeous outside, so I didn't know if anybody would show up or if they'd be in their backyards. So thank you to those who've shown up. Thank you to those online. Uh, welcome to Bible study. Um, quick announcement, if you're a lady, we have ladies Bible study tomorrow night here at the church at 7 p.m., right? <laughs> 7 p.m. tomorrow night. So, um, and then Friday is our Good Friday service. That'll be at 6 p.m. Uh, we're also serving communion. And then um, you get a break on Saturday, but then you have to come back on Sunday. So, yeah, whole week of church. See, Sue's excited. Thank you, Sue. So, um, anyway, it is it is a it is a, an exciting week for the Christians, right? I mean, it's the week that. If, if we don't have this week, we don't have salvation. We don't have life. So um, let's open it tonight in prayer. We're going to dig back into James. Uh, if you have your Bible, go to James 1. We're going to look at verse 22 through 27 tonight. Uh, but let's open in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for each one, Lord, that chose to be here this evening. God, I ask that you would minister to us, that you, you would... Open our hearts and our ears to hear the word of God, to apply it to our lives, and be more like you as we continue to grow in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we've been in the book of James now for, it's probably, I think it's been a month. I think we're, we're at a month now. And um, there's been, I know I've learned some things. Tom, I don't know if I'm getting air in the mic or not, if you hear that or not from the fan I don't know if it's just or just my heavy breathing I don't know um, but I I really enjoy that the the book of the book of James like I've talked about and we've talked about you know James has brought to us who he is um, he's told us you know if we lack wisdom to to seek it out um, from God who will give it to you um, we've talked about you know poverty and riches we we've talked about testing and tempting and and being joyous in those times of trial and and how we know that temptation is to build our faith where the enemy uses it to try to knock us down and then last week we looked about um, being quick to hear slow to speak uh, and very slow to anger and how important it is to control that that emotion of anger um, I don't know if anybody got tested with that after that study, but I did. And so, you know, I had to learn, you know, you know um, I actually had a buddy of mine, a really close friend of mine. He got a hold of me the next day and he said, hey, man, um, I caught your Bible study last night. And I said, right on, dude, that's awesome. You know, and he goes, yeah, it was perfect. And I'm like, not sure how talking about anger is perfect. He goes, no, it really is. I was in my garage like seething, waiting for this, this guy to walk past, this neighbor to walk past, because he's let his dog ruin my yard. And so I was just ready to go off on him, basically. And then I, he didn't come by, so I walked away and caught your study, and it was on anger. So I had to change my attitude a little bit. I'm still going to talk to the guy, but I'm not going to chew his head off like I planned. So I thought that was really cool, you know. Um, how we can take that. And it's not just for this past week, right? This is something we need to do all our entire life. We, it's something that we continue to grow upon. Um, and so now we, that catches us up to where we are today, James 1, chapter 22 and 27. And we're going to talk tonight about hearing and doing. 
Um, so verse 22 tells us this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what it was, he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Verse 26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but dece that deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. From the world. Um, again, James kind of just punches us in the gut. He don't pull no, no, no soft words. He really just puts it. That's why I like James so much. I, I actually inspire to be that type of minister to just go right for the jugular, you know, uh, no, no candy, just here, take your medicine. And that's what James is doing here. Um, you know, after charging us last week about putting aside the filthiness and the wickedness of the world, um, he's concerned that his, his readers or the people that, that are reading this letter or even us today, that we aren't hearing, you know, that we're hearing, but we're not listening. Um, husbands have an awesome gift. One thing us husbands have is an amazing gift to hear. We can, like, I, I'm no joke. Penny can tell me something, and I hear her. I do. I hear her. But then 10 minutes down the road, she'll say, why didn't you do this, or why didn't you do that? And I'll be like, you didn't say that. And then there's a difference, right, between hearing and listening, correct? Hearing, we can hear the plane that just flew over, right? But, but listening is paying attention to, actually grasping what is said and, and, and in, putting it in my mind and applying it to, Right? And so James wants, wants us to know and go beyond just the hearing of the word of God of love thy neighbor, but he wants you to, he wants you to listen to it. He wants you to act upon it, right, and, um, and actually do what it says. It's, it's interesting because there's a lot of Christians today. They'll go to Sunday service, and they'll listen to the message. They'll hear the message. They'll go out of church, and they won't remember a word, or it won't change them. It, it won't apply. They won't apply it. What did he say again? This, that, and the other? And there's a big difference between hearing the word of God and listening to it and applying it to your life. And that's why James says here, don't just be hearers of the word, because you deceive yourself when you do. But you need to be doers of the word. And what does that mean? Does that mean if I'm just reading the Ten Commandments that I need to obey those Ten Commandments? Not just the Ten Commandments. I mean, we've already gone through some things here in James that we need to apply to our lives to make us more like Christ, to build our lives, to make us more like Him. We need to be, as he said last week, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We need to know that in those times where we need wisdom, we can go to God and who's holding the wisdom in his hand to give to us. And the reason we don't have it is because we've not gone to it. Somebody came to me one day and they're like, 
I have this problem and, and everything's about to break and, and this is all going south. Everything in my life is going south. And I looked at the, young, I looked at the, the person and I said, well, have you even prayed about it? Have you even talked to God about it or have you just complained to everybody that you see? And they said, no, I haven't prayed about it. How do we expect God to help us if we don't go to the Lord in prayer and take him at his word? Does it not say in his word, one of my favorite scriptures, to trust in the Lord in all things, right? To lean not to our own understanding. And this is what by listening to the word means versus just hearing. You could hear that verse over and over and over and over again until you're, until you're sick of it. But to listen to it is to apply it to my life and act upon it and to be a doer of it. Meaning, you know what? I am going to trust the Lord. I am, I am not going to lean to what I think is the right answer or what I think should be. I'm going to trust God in it. You know, and James is talking about here, he, he brings up this point about the mirror. And, and, you know, mirrors in the first century, they were, they were rare, and they were only owned by the rich. And they were made of polished metal, and, and, and they rested horizontally on tables. And if someone wanted to see the reflection, they had to lean over the table and look down on it. And so the, the point here is not the quality of the reflection, but rather on comparing two different ways of looking at the mirror. One individual, you know, casually glances at, at a true picture of themselves and walks away quickly. You know, you, you ever done one of those real quick in the mirror just before you walk out the door to make sure the hair's not sticking up? And then it's talking about another one, you know, when this, when this person walks away like that, he forgets what, really saw, what he saw. But he talks about another person looking in the mirror and really checking himself out, making sure that the mustache is level, making sure you got no hair coming out of the ear. You know, making sure that, you, you know, you didn't miss something on your, on your eyebrow. You know, no, one eyebrow is off than the other, you know, like that. This one, you know, is passive and not, you know, not changing it. Staring intently and looking for blemishes in the reflection that they might actively make the necessary change. James is constantly telling us to examine our hearts in this book. He's constantly telling, hey, examine your heart. Because the world so easily can easily beset us, amen? The, the, the things of this world can so easily just sit upon us. And we can, we can be sipping on a straw of something we shouldn't be sipping on before we know it. And he doesn't want us to, he doesn't expect us to analyze our heart to the point of despair when we don't obey because we know that God's grace is there. But the changes we make are not to appease, they're made to appease God, not man. I love each and every one of you, but the changes I'm making, I'm making to, to please my Father. I'm, I'm trying to make it to where I become more like Him. And the, the law of Christ, the royal law, the, the Word of God, brings freedom, not guilt. And it is a law of liberty, not oppression, because of the gospel. And so making changes in our lives is a response to God's love for us. And we're getting ready to celebrate Easter and Good Friday. Um, you know, it's Good Friday to me, I mean, I love both days. I mean, Good Friday in the, in the last probably five years has taken a whole different type of a meaning for me personally on the importance of, of this week. 
Because if you don't have Friday, you don't have Sunday. You know? Friday has to happen. It's, it was all part of the plan. Right? And we know that when Jesus said, it is finished. You know? That was it. That was the end of that plan. But there's a to be continued that happens. Right? And thank God for his love. Thank God for that plan of salvation. Thank God for Christ who says, I love them that much. That even if they're a knucklehead and it takes them 90 years to change to be like me in this area or that area, I love them and I want them with me in heaven. And so Christ did this for us. It's God's love. We don't obey to be accepted. We are accepted, so we obey. We, we, we don't obey to be accepted. We are accepted, so we obey. My motivation for living correctly is out of the love that I have for my God. I want to please Him. My wife, I, I want to make her happy. I, everything in my life here on this earth, I want to make sure that I can keep her happy. Trust me, happy wife, happy life. That's beyond true. I don't know how that didn't make the Bible cut. But the Bible's not a bunch of fortune cookie sayings. They're scriptures to live by. They're not just something that you can come in on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and say, well, that, that, that was good, and walk away. No, we should be able to take the word of God, and it should convict us. It should make me go, man, I, I do need to work on this. Or it should make me feel, Lord, I got some work to do here. And our motivation for living correctly, again, is out of the love for Christ and for God as we desire to be free of sin and live the blessed life that James talks about and that God promises for those who live according to his way. In the end, you know, James warns against those who abuse this, this royal law, the word of God. Some say that they, they, they love others, but their lives don't match what they're saying. Sound familiar? Some people will say, yeah, no, I, I live for Christ, and yes, I obey the word, or I hear the word. Well, if you really heard the word, then why are you doing what you're doing? If you really listen to the word of God, why are you talking like you're talking? Uh, I, I, I'm not popular with this. I, people look at me and, and think I should shut up. But I don't think you should have loose lips as a Christian. I'm sorry. A, a, a Christian should not be cursing. I don't care if it's what everybody else does or not. There's plenty of places in the Bible that says don't use foul language, don't use cursing. So you show me in the Bible where I'm wrong, and I'll shut up, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. And we as Christians, we've got to be, we've got to be on it. We've got to, especially in this day and age, right? We're living too close to the end times. We're, we're about to be challenged as Christians like I don't think we've ever been challenged before. And there are those who say, yes, I love God. Yes I love, yes, I love the word, but I'm not living the way it says. There's a contradiction. There's a contradiction there. Because if I say that I'm hearing, I need to be doing. Right? If I say I'm listening to the word, I need to be doing what it says. And can I, can I just say that it's the entire word of God. The word of God is not a smorgasbord. I can't take what I think is okay with me and then not take what's okay with me. I have to take it all. 
even the things that make me feel guilty, even the things that make me feel, you know, horrible or, or that I don't want to deal with. I'm going to leave that in the corner, you know, leave that pile there. I don't want to deal with that. No, we have to deal with that. And while they say they love others, their lives do not match the boasts of their sinful tongues. And instead of repenting in humility, they, they, these supposed Christians are arrogantly claiming to be spiritual or, spiritual or religious. Let me, let me just say this right quick. That's a very dangerous game. Well, who do you think you are, Sean? I, I'm just saved by grace, and I'm trying to get by every day. But one thing I can tell you is I'm, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm, I'm trying my best to live by the word of God. Yes, I fail. Yes, I make a mistake. But you will never hear me say I love Jesus Christ and you'll then catch me at the bar. You're not going to catch me saying I love Jesus Christ and end up dropping the F-bomb. You're not. Um, it, we, our actions need to reflect Christ. Our fruits. The Bible talks about the fruits. And you can tell a person by their fruits. You know? Some people play a good game. They can come in church and smile and, and man, you think that man's on fire for God. You know, and if you're not sensitive or ask for, the, um, you know, the sensitivity of the spirit and, and to look at their fruits, you may get de deceived. And so we need to make sure that we're always aware. And, and not to be judgmental to people, but say, hey, man, you know, what's, why, why, are, you, why are you throwing cuss words out like that? I'm trying to help you, you know, and, and do it in the right way, and the Lord will get guide and direct. But, but I think we need to be careful. And the truth, the truth of the matter here is, J, James really just takes this back to basics by condemning those who passively play religious games, who who are lukewarm or just playing the Christian game. He's just basically calling it out very, very easy, easy, and, you know, as they refuse to actually live out what they confess to believe. Um, I'm, I'm going to get too deep into it, but you have the once saved, always saved. You know, someone asked me about three months ago, what's my, what's my stance on that? And, and I told them, and, and you should have saw their eyes. I thought their eyes were going to come out. I thought I, I, thought I was going to lose a friend. But you show me in the Bible where I can come to the altar and get my life right and not change my lifestyle. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what the old man and new creature scripture means. Because when I come to Christ at the cross, the old man dies. That means the old things that I used to do die. The things that I used to do that were sin, that are sin, point blank sin out of the Bible, they're dead. They're not to be a part of me anymore. So what, what have I changed if I've come here to the altar and I get up and I go about and do those same things? I've changed nothing. I've changed nothing. So the once saved, always saved, I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't buy that. I, I'm sorry. I know that doesn't make me popular either, but that's okay, as long as God's happy with me. But we, we need to be real, church. We need to do and act the way that we, the Word of God tells us to do and act and be accountable to it. One of the things this uh, past weekend with the men's retreat, the last, one of the last devotions was you know, keeping us accountable as men of God. You know, if I see, you, you know, if they see me doing something or I see them or, you know, hey man, you, you know, just checking in on you, you're good. You know, you sure about that? And, and sharp, iron sharpening iron, right? The Bible says. And keeping each other accountable. 
Why? Because sin is a very slippery slope. It don't take long before you end up in the mud pit and to where you're stuck. And so we need to hold each other accountable. We need to make sure that we're helping each other out. And, and we need to make sure that we are living according to what that God, Christ has, has told us how to live. Um, he kind of finishes it off, you know, uh, in doing, you know, talking about this final, those living for the Lord in that final verse there. He says, if anyone thinks he's religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, uh, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. You know, and this, I kind of think about this, you know, bridle his tongue. What are we talking about? What do you think he's talking about? Gossip. You know, gossip or foul language or the way that we used to talk. Um, the unkind words that we used to. Again, when you have an experience of the cross and Christ becomes your Lord, things are going to change in your life. Things are going to change. Not overnight, possibly, but you're not going to have a desire to, to talk trash anymore about somebody. You know, Are you going to stop cold turkey? Maybe not, but you're going to learn every time you do, the Holy Spirit's going to kick you in the gut. I don't like that. I'm gonna, maybe I should not do that again. And we learn, just like we did as we were kids. right? And so then James finishes that off by saying, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Uh, helping the widows, helping the orphans, being that which Christ was when he was here, right? Loving those with, who are without. Um, and that's the primary, primary tenet of Christianity. But I love how he finished that off, to keep oneself unstained from the world. And it seems like the Lord has just been kind of keeping that in, in everything that teaching that we've done, even the last Sunday night, uh, the, the service we had about creating in us a clean heart, keeping ourselves pure. I believe we're, again, we know we're in the last days, and I believe God's doing a sifting of those people who are real and those people who are not tainted by the world, I should say, but have been marked by the blood of the Lamb. And he's just doing that sifting. Where do we sit? Have we allowed sin to harbor in our hearts? Have we allowed some, some comfort sin? You know, like we talk about comfort food, you know. But is there some kind of comfort sin that maybe has found itself staining our lives and staining in our heart? You know, is it, a, is it a, an attitude that we have? Is it a uh, language that we use? Is it thoughts that we have? You know, what is it? And David says, creating me a clean heart. Purify me. And James says here that the, the religion that is pure and undefiled before God is that, is that that keeps oneself sustained from the world. At the end of the day, we know the world ain't going to do us a bit of good. It's going to leave you high and dry. Um, it may look good. It may look as though everything's going well. But we know that at the end, the world just leaves us alone and, and, or leaves us to die. So let me, let me ask just a couple questions in these closing moments, you know. Um, how would you define religion? Just anybody. Help me out here. How would you define religion? Rules? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a very good answer. A certain way. It's my way or the highway. Um, 
You have to wear a tie. You have to wear a suit jacket or suit. I told Gary, I said, if that was, if that was the case, I probably would have never been a pastor, man. Um, but James is saying that, you know, true religion, again, as I mentioned earlier, is, is, is helping the orphans and the widows. You know, we, I think it's important for the church to be involved in that, in helping the widows and the orphans. I mean, we don't have any orphans, but, but the widows has definitely always been close to my heart. Judy and I have talked about that, and, and it's something that I think is, is important for us to do. Um, but in these closing moments, and I know we're a bit early tonight, um, we, we should ask the Holy Spirit to do a self-analysis of our heart and, and honestly examine ourselves. I mean, we're getting ready to do communion on Friday. And communion is important. The Bible says don't, don't do it unless you're serious, basically. Um, it's a time of examination. And the question that I would pose tonight to you is, is, is there real change in your life? You know, or are you writing the, the, the Bible and the Jesus card as a wave and just kind of seeing if you can float through it? You know, do you, do you come to church and, and act like a Christian, you maybe even read your Bible and, and pray, but you don't act upon the truth that you read and, and hear? You know, that would be something that I would check with. When I'm hurt, when I hear something taught, I hear a man. If I hear somebody teach something, I always, man, I could use that in my life. Where can I apply that in my life? Right? And we should be able to do that. We should be not just hearers of the word, but doers. And I think even more so in this day we live. I think again, we need to be separate from what the world is. I need. I mean, I'm being honest. I need to know. I I should be able to walk up to somebody. Uh, like Nathan Gamlin, he was talking about that one guy who just kind of walked up to him and, hey, man, you're a Christian, and, and just started praying for him. We ought to have that kind of reflection and, and glow and light about us. There ought to be something different about us that the world sees that they can say, hey, there's something different about you. What, what is it? Are you a Christian? And have the opportunity to say, yeah, I am. You want to know how to be one? Let me, let me introduce you to, to someone I know. Um, and take the word of God, not just as a history book, which some people do, not just as a, a book to read so that I can fall asleep, which can happen, but a, but a book, not just a book of instructions and rules and guidelines, no, but of life that gives me life and life more abundant while I'm here. And uh, the word Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. You know, so it's it's a good thing, and and I talked to a, another gentleman this past weekend. And I was like, man, I was explaining to the men about how we should be on a daily routine, kind of like what I've done with the church here—a daily routine of reading the Word, of devotion. I thought I, I can't I can't say that enough because it's so it's so important that we have that time with God in the morning of His Word. Um, to help us throughout the day. And so we get to know who it is we're serving. He already knows everything about us, so we need to get to know a lot about him and how I'm going to make it through that day. Um, so with that being said, this, this, I know I'm a little short this, this evening. Um, I would ask this last question, and let me, find my, let me find this scripture here. First John, if you have your Bible, First John 
verse 5. Um, it's probably quicker for me to find it here real quick. This is how spoiled we are now, right? Anybody have it yet? You got it? Uh, it's First John 5, verse 2. Here we go. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. So with that scripture right there, how do you know you really love Jesus? How do you know you really love Jesus by reading that scripture? Do you love God's children? Do you love the church? Do you obey his commandments? Verse 3 tells me that loving God means keeping his commandments. And it says, and his commandments are not burdensome. So if we really love Christ, if we're really living for the Lord, then the word of God needs to be, we need to fall in love with the word of God. I believe that needs to happen for the church in, in 2021. We need to fall in love with the word of God. And that we, that we love the word and we love the commandments and in turn we love God's children. Amen. So let us not just be hearers on Sunday morning or Wednesday nights, but let us also be, well, let us be doers. Let us go out and be active Christians, not passive and just let things pass by. But let us be active in what we do and who we are. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for these that have come tonight. I ask, God, that your anointing would be upon them and your safety as we travel home. God, I ask that you would cause me not to be just a hearer of your word. But, God, when I hear it, Lord, I, I ask that I would take it and apply it to my heart. God, that it would change me, that it would mold me into the man that you've chosen me and purposed me to be while I'm here. God, let me, let me not... Just take little bits and pieces of it, but all of it, God. The ones that's easy to swallow and the ones that's tough to swallow, God. The ones that are easy on the toes and the ones that's hard on the toes. But let me hear it all. And Lord, make me more like you, creating me a clean heart, Father. Let me not be tainted by the world and the sin of this world. But Lord, let me, when I say I love Jesus, Lord, it's not just coming from my lips, but it's coming from my heart. It's coming from my spirit. And people will know it when they see me. When I open my mouth, they'll hear something different. They'll see something different, someone different in me. God, shine through me today. Shine through me tonight that I might be an example of your love. And again, that I might be a doer of your word like I've never been before. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.